0: it all comes back to sacrifice early to bed early to rise isn't it something
1: um we don't do it over here okay man what was i gonna say hit this snooze button 100 <laughs> percent. i saw this thing on tiktok
0: okay <laughs> i want to tell you something um that happened to me the other day it was kind of crazy all right um you know my good friend obviously justin from Esteban. yeah he's one of my best buddies from college and We're the type where we see each other twice a year, at most, sometimes once a year, but we still stay super tight. And we we don't need to see each other all the time, it's just we pick up right where we left off. Anyways, the last time I seen him was January, and we haven't talked anything since January, like no texting, no phone calls, he's not on social media. And a couple days ago I was was gonna do some artwork, and I had my phone in my hand about to dial his number, it was like six o'clock p.m. I was like, I'm gonna see what Justin's up to. And I was like, you know what? I just pictured him getting ready for supper with his family. I'm like, I'm gonna call him tomorrow morning. So I started doing art, and then like 45 minutes later, I, he calls me.
1: Mm. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to call and check in on you. And I was like, man. I was like, you won't believe this shit. You know what, uh, Aaron symbolisti used to say this all the time. He said when those weird coincidences happen all the time, it means you're on the right path. <laughs> And I don't know. I don't know if I would take what Aaron says as, <laughs> as factual, but like I kind of like thinking about that. It's almost like when you keep finding these little omens or these little like coincidences. Like sometimes it, like, it makes me feel like I always just remember what Aaron said. You're on the right path. Things I, are lining up. I believe in that. Like the whole yeah, little omens, the universe,
0: universal whatever, little gems that are left. Like I, that's because that happens to you and I lots too. It's yeah, like yeah. it's almost like we're on the same wavelength or the same vibration. It's we like, also
1: listen to the same podcast and read the same books it even like multiplies it because we're getting the same information so we think very similar so that so it makes let
0: it seems like less of a coincidence or or, with you and i but like yeah
1: the thing with justin was just weird man and i was like (laughs) that happened with me not quite that much but with steve yesterday i was going to call steve steve jellicoe yeah and uh i was going to call him two days ago and i was like i don't know i just i think i got busier i was just tired i'm like i'll call him tomorrow and then I I was going to call him that day. And that morning, he texted me. He's like, hey, he's like, miss you. And I'm like, <laughs> man, we, we don't text or call that much at all. Sure. Like, it's been probably like three weeks, maybe a month since we last spoke. Yeah. And just so happens that I'm like, I'm starting to like be like, hey, I'm going to call Steve. Like it's in my head. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's like, miss you. I'm like, man, Crazy. I was like, no word of a lie. I was going to fucking call you today.
0: That shit happens all the time. Yeah, so we had As a good well.
1: little 45-minute conversation.
0: Shout out to Steve too. He's always like planting good seeds uh, you know obviously with my leg i'm limited to what i can do and he's like yeah you know focus on what you can do he's like i'm gonna give you this pull-up challenge so i've been doing like pull-ups every day Mm. and i'm just trying to get like my back a lot stronger right now and he's like i'll do it with you so he's apparently doing it too but he's always that kind of like you know parent figure where he's just
1: there to like help you and like support you when you're going through shit caregiver and he's been through a lot too he's got like a lot of experience you know like i'm sure he's just done a lot of crazy (laughs) shit i'm sure i'm sure we haven't heard half of it just his like crazy travels and partying experiences his fights like he's done a lot of shit he's done a lot of shit when i told i needed somebody to like lean on when this first happened to my
0: foot no pun intended and um (laughs) I called Steve. I'm like, have you ever broken a foot or anything? Like I'm trying to, f-. he's like, I broke my foot like 12 times. Yeah, of course. Why? Well, <laughs> like, of, of course. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, I have a little, uh, so after 6am classes, we always like kind of like play around and like, we've been doing the knees over toes and sometimes <laughs> we'll just do random challenges. Like, um, <laughs> I got a few people to attempt the backflip and a few people have landed the backflip. The old half yeah, or some people came pretty close. <laughs> Um, or the quarter I know I remember Jake Jake did a quarter oh. flip he he his his mind was super confident like I could tell he really wanted to do it but then right when he left it was like abort mission and he just he didn't even do a half or it was just like a quarter and he's a big boy so he like just thumped onto the ground and there was i was trying to like assist him but he just crushed my (laughs) arm so he wasn't even close (laughs) You see that but anyway we do we do these like fun little challenges Mm -hmm. you know you'll you'll see something on youtube or whatever tiktok and be like oh i'm gonna try this you know i posted prince doing the the dragon squat i think it's called that one-legged weird twist that he does but this morning and prince initiates initiates it a lot. He'd be, like, "Hey, like can you do this?" or "Hey, let's try this." I'm like, "All right." But he was like, "Hey, can you do that kip up thing? I don't know what it's called. I think it's maybe called a kip up. If you're when you're on your back and you see it like in movies a lot. Like let's say somebody gets hit and they fall on their back and then they they spring up back onto their feet if you can visualize that. And I used to be able to do it effortlessly and and now I'm 32 and I haven't done it since high school, but my (laughs) stupid brain is like, yeah, I can still do it. So I did it with my hand or no, I did it without my hand. So I I did the one like with just my head and like kind of kicking my legs up and I did it. But then after class, we we were playing around again, me and Prince were like kind of filming each other in slow motion. And man, I, I did it with the no hands and like really fucked up my neck. Like I've had a pounding headache ever since it happened and I, I tried to ice my neck a little bit afterwards and it hmm. it relieved a little bit of the pressure, but like I can tell I'm not I'm not quite like as sharp as I am and that's not saying a whole lot, but <laughs> so bear with me through the podcast because yeah, I, I genuinely had like kind of a, a booming headache just from whatever that neck thing was. Man, that's not good. That's And, and your headache came right after that happened? Right, instantly wow. after. Yeah, so it's like... So you know, I broke my back. The <laughs> spinal, vertebrae, yeah, vertebrae, oh. spinal. <laughs> that's the worst, man. That's one
0: of the. That's one of the biggest, you know, negative things about jujitsu. I know it's probably different, but. You know, you have you have to get used to having a sore neck, and when you're trying to like shoulder check and drive, and
1: it's you're trying to
0: sleep. uh.
1: Well, I basically just gave myself severe whiplash. Like Prince was laughing pretty hard after because we were we were watching the film, and I was like, oh, like my neck is kind of sore. And he's like, is it like pretty? And I was like, yeah, like it's it's sore. And so he started laughing, but then you see in the video like how much driving force I use with my head to like because you're like I'm like lifting my whole body up and trying to spring, and you just see my neck like cave in. And yeah, it's yeah. not a good motion.
0: You should you should post a slow mo video so we can see that because it's it's I, I can't remember one of my I think either my physiotherapist or doctor was telling me even how I can't remember what type of a movement he called it, but like sneezing is such like a forceful move. It's it's not good for your joints and your muscles, and like it's just there's a lot of risk involved when right. you like sneeze so aggressively, uh. and it's it's like doing a backflip or it's like you know any of those things it's so explosive you have to tune all your energy into that one moment and yeah. there's just a lot more risk in that little uh, amount of time you know
1: yeah if you injure yourself sneezing you're a bit no i'm just kidding <clears throat> that's like <laughs> dc
0: daniel cormier i think he was like uh yeah he sneezed and he threw his back out before one of his last no fights. really and, okay, um, i take
1: that back max holloway was like beacon him and shit <laughs> that's <Yeah>. hilarious <laughs> Yeah, you never know when those freak accidents are going to happen. Like, I genuinely, I've been feeling really good, actually. Like, my, you know, when I turned 30, my right hip started locking up on me. My high kicks were getting a little shittier, and sometimes I wouldn't feel that good. But just lately, I've been feeling really good until I did that stupid shit, but... It's always something stupid. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I'll be punching hard shit all
0: day, and then I'll, like, have, like, a semi-sprained wrist from, like, sleeping on my hand.
1: Yeah, sleeping on your, sleeping in a bad position can mess you up. Yeah, I find that with my shoulder a lot. Like, I do <coughs> my my shoulder a lot, too. and sometimes, yeah. yeah, I'm just like, holy Oof. shit. Yeah, so how know. are your shoulders these days? You used to have bad issues, they're good, man. Like, I, I find as long as I avoid high reps on working out, they're good. Like, martial art training, I find I can do it, you know, and I, I can still feel it, but I've maintained it so that I, whatever I'm doing now, I can just do that till the wheels fall off, you know. You, you, you hurt your shoulder last year, is it kind of like back to normal now? Did I hurt my shoulder? Oh, from Jake slamming. Yeah, that was a little bit different. Yeah, that was a little bit of a different thing. But yeah, it's it's fine now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, those injuries are good where you like, we're well, not good, but you can sure dial in other strikes. Like, remember when my right hand was fucked up for so long? Yeah. I had a right hand issue for like oh, probably two. Iron paddle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or whatever I, we called you. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was iron paddle. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's yeah. I mean. So I had one like boxing glove on and then one focus mitt for like the longest time because I didn't want to close my fist and actually punch with it. But I even fought with like gonna a, say. a messed up right hand. Like yeah. I just say, yeah, I wasn't throwing it at all. And I still would like just be like, yeah, I'll, sure. I'll, I'll, I'll still fight. You know, you just tape it up and deal with it. But that's an interesting thing. Like fighting seems
0: hard enough as it is. And then when you realize that most MMA fighters, it's very rare that they go into a fight feeling hundred oh, percent, you yeah. know, like you're compromised in some way and you just
1: have to be like, Hey, oh, I yeah. use the tools I have. That's why like, you know, I was hearing like Ben Askren talk about like a boxing fight camp. And I even felt that with, even though the Muay Thai fight that I took was short notice, man, so much easier on the body. Like you're not doing that grappling jujitsu, like it's just striking, like yeah. especially probably boxing. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's still hard as hell and you're still working hard, but like you're not getting slammed on your head. You're not, your shoulders not getting ripped behind your back you know like it's it's just like striking grappling's hard on the body it's very hard on the body so yeah you know um i don't know where i was going with that but i feel so much safer too rolling with like high level
0: or or higher ranking belts than like strong white belts because there's so much jerkiness and raminess and you know if you go with like you know a purple belt or higher most of the time it's you know it's just so controlled it's just different movement
1: you know yeah Yeah. Striking too. You know, if you see, you know, two new people sparring, even if you tell them to go light, they they don't have the control. Yeah. So it's like they'll in their head, they're trying to pull their cross, but it's like it's a full power cross. Yeah. You know, 100 percent. Real quick, since we're on this topic of fighting, did you see what happened with Jake Paul and Floyd Mayweather last night? Yeah, yeah, I did. What do you think about that? Uh, I think every single thing those brothers do is set up. And I think they're very smart. For sure it was set up. But it's working very well. Fuck Jake Paul, man. Yeah. But good on him, but... Yeah.
0: So, so... uh, What's another word for annoying? Like, I don't know, man.
1: Yeah, he's just like a little pest. (laughs) Yeah, he's such a pest. You know? He just... No respect, like... No. But... Yeah, they, um... They're doing something right, man. Like those guys are, they're calculated and they're incredibly annoying. Logan Paul is kind of the older brother that people can now tolerate a little better. Like he's getting a little more um, mature. But yeah, Logan is like, I I think his nickname was the problem child. Like he was always this. Isn't this Isn't that Jake's? Yeah, that's oh, what we're talking Jake's, about. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Jake, Jake Paul, the younger brother yeah. of Logan, his nickname is the problem child. Yeah. So like, you just you're seeing it now. Good nickname, yeah. Yeah, and like, he, I, saw, I was watching his TikTok, and he he fucking said he's like he's like I'm gonna he's like I'm gonna steal Floyd Mayweather's hat, you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden he's in, in his head, he's talking shit,
0: got your hat, you know? <laughs> but think about it, that mental warfare he's about to fight Logan. Nobody's ever seen Floyd that riled up and emotional before. So like, what he was set out to do probably worked. He probably wanted to just get Floyd flustered as
1: hell. And the other part of it is like, I don't, maybe Floyd, maybe Floyd wasn't that flustered. Maybe it was like all just like, maybe like they literally were like, we're going to take your hat and we're going to cause a fucking like scruffle. But didn't he like punch Jake Paul and Jake Paul's teeth are like crooked now? Did you see that? I saw, I saw a photo on TikTok, but it was an old photo of like an old boxing match from jake paul that was all banged up but so i'm not really sure i thought i'd seen one from like after that happened and his teeth were
0: like fucked up okay like he got like socked oh no shit yeah like i think jake got hit because he was he was still walking away covering his face being like got your hat and like you could tell like
1: he like something had happened to him Fuck, man. What, a shithead. It, what a shithead but yeah fuck he's hyping the fight up man he's doing like i think like logan paul seemed mad at the beginning but like i don't think he was probably like nice work jake well we're talking about him yeah and we're like as famous as it gets exactly so. yeah this is a big platform <laughs> they should be honored to have us saying their name already. oh my god <laughs> oh hey. uh one more thing before we get into the van life stuff that just every uh, you know it's it's kind of cool when we finally hear like a little bit of uh, hope light at the end of the tunnel You know, we've all been fucking locked up businesses shut down for a long time, but um, they just announced that once we're 70% vaccinated, I don't know what age group has to, I don't know if it's like, like 70% of people like 30 and up or 40 and up. I forget what the numbers were, but um, if all goes as planned, the third week of June, it sounds like we could be open so that we don't have to wear those face diapers and, and actually train the way we're supposed to that's all i want to do
0: i'll take a horse tranquilizer to the neck if i yeah. have to, if it means we can train i'll lick a public toilet just to fucking open the gym doors well it's even like the whole mask thing i mean a lot of the times i'm like what the hell are we doing with this mask but it's like we wear it just to cooperate and get things
1: moving you yeah know? it's like yeah yeah i think everybody has had enough and you know I, I really hope that this summer is the last time we do this bullshit lockdown. Yeah. I'm, I'm fed up with it and I think most people are. And everybody is so done with this shit.
0: Yeah. Like if you are still scared at this point, then you can stay in and do your thing. But yeah. like, man, we got to
1: continue life here. Like, yeah. So hopefully, man, hopefully it's going to be a, a good summer with the gym open and training properly, do belt testing, do seminars, f- fucking open the
0: floodgates. And I'm just going to move. Once I'm healed up and things are open, I'm just going to move into the gym. I'll... Fucking park aside. Yeah, yeah, I just want to train. That's all I want to do. What kind of van would you get if you if you moved by me? Would you get a bus or a sprinter? I van? would get probably a two hundred thousand dollar Mercedes. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Marble countertops. Straight up. Countertops. <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, yeah, nice. Speaking of that, what you call your van anniversary? Mm-hmm. Three years in the van. This was last week. Yeah, yeah. Man. May first was three years. That's insane. I can remember when you were just start a starting to plant the seed of the idea of living in a van you know it was like you didn't even really have a plan to do it yet but you kind of just
1: started like talking about it a little bit and obviously you were thinking about it yeah it's one of those things that like if you talk about something enough there comes a point where life is like a fun game of choices and you can either keep talking shit or you can actually make the choice and pull the trigger on something and i've i've kind of lived my life that way and look where it's got me <laughs> but uh you know it's like if i if i keep thinking about something enough and i keep bringing it up and talking about it eventually i either have to act on it or i need to shut my mouth
0: it's it's a it's a step of the manifestation process
1: yeah exactly and like i i think you know just you and i being so tight before like we, i would always come to Ryan's place and Um, you know before van life I would always remember like coming here and and not not really like bitching but I was I was just not always in like a good headspace like I was I would try these new jobs or I would you know just do these things maybe a new diet like they always like these fad things these like little micro changes Mm. but nothing would ever like make me feel good so I'd always like be at your house just kind of like I just wasn't that happy with myself I'm like fuck like I I didn't feel like I was building this thing like I didn't have this good momentum on my side. I was just like one thing to the next. You know, I just, I was like a, a broken record. I always call it, you know, you're, you're a broken record. You're just doing the same shit over and over again and making those little choices like can be super hard when you're like, you feel like you're drowning. Like I made so many choices that weren't really what I wanted to do, but it, I just felt like with each decision I was making, with with each new thing, I was sinking more and more. Mm-hmm. And so like, I couldn't see clearly, like my head wasn't above water. And so yet I'm trying to get my shit together and change my life, but I'm drowning and I can't even see what direction to go in. And then finally, I, I like I actually like thought about when we lived in Australia in a van. And I was like, you don't just have to travel and like, Like, and live in a van. I can live in my own place and live in a van. And as soon as that little thought entered my head, then I'm like, oh, I think that might be it. I think that's the thing that will get my head above water. Mm. It's not maybe the answer, but it allows me to raise above water so I can actually see what the fuck is going on. Like, why am I, like, hurting so bad? Why am I not happy? Why am I making all these decisions? Why am I, like, running through money and just spending money on stupid shit that's meaningless? And so, yeah, that... Once I like accepted the fact that I was like, yeah, that's what I'm doing by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when I was like, oh shit. Like I'm, I slowly started peeling back the layers of who I really was and what I really wanted to do. Before that, it was just me drowning, making one bad decision after the other. That's one of the toughest things
0: to deal with when <clears throat> you feel like you have potential, you feel like you want meaning in your life, but you just, you feel like you're going in circles and you don't know what it is you want or what it is that you can do. But but you just feel you have something more. And it's like, what do I need to be doing? Like, I need some answers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I'm sure a lot of people and, and I'm sure there was a way that maybe I could have lived a good life if I was making small, like small incremental changes. And I know a lot of people say, like, that's how you make big changes is the small changes. But sometimes, no. And what I learned was that, like, when you hear things like that, it's not always right. It might be right for them, but some people need to, like, shake your whole world up. Like, you might need to actually travel. Traveling somewhere might, and I I was guilty of saying this before, too, where, like, some people think, like, oh, I just need to get out of the city. But, like, that, it seemed like running away from your problems, which a lot of cases it probably is. <clears throat> yeah. But... For me, I I was doing so many small changes that weren't making a big difference. Like I just felt like I was so behind. And it's almost like entrepreneurs, or I think a lot of millionaires actually do this. Instead of paying off debt, they will claim bankruptcy and start fresh. I remember hearing there was, I think 50% of millionaires have gone bankrupt for that reason. It's not because they didn't have any money. They're like, I don't want to pay the, fuck this claim bankruptcy. I got a stack of cash right here and I'm just going to like build Control, alt, delete. Let's start this. Exactly. So that was like my control, alt, delete was like, oh, I'm just going to get rid of everything so I can chill. My nervous system would calm down a little bit because I felt like wound up. You know, I felt like, yeah, just like I was never like in this calm state. So I couldn't make good decisions no matter how much I meditated or read. It's like nothing was like making me feel better. And so, yeah, the the, the van life and making that decision would finally kind of, you know, and still three years later, it's still like a journey. It's not like, oh, I've, I've figured it all out, but it sure helped.
0: That's one thing that <clears throat> there's a couple things, but I'll touch on one of them now that I think holds a lot of people back in life is they want something. They want to be someone, but they're not willing to sacrifice. And I don't think you can get to that ne- that next level and you know live your ideal life the the most meaningful life without some type of sacrifice yeah and you realized okay this is a bold move but in order for me to put myself in this direction i need to get rid of my house i need to get rid of my truck and that's my sacrifice like yeah. i'm living in my van and i'm willing to sacrifice it all just to put myself in the direction and i think that's so important man
1: yeah it's, well, uh, one of the things that i would always ask myself was like what's the other option and sure there were other options but when your intuition and your gut feeling is screaming loud enough and being like i think you can do this like and it genuinely is like attracted to this idea of living in a van and doing martial arts and drawing your hair out and just doing whatever the fuck you wanted basically it was strong enough where i was like the other option is to continue this path that's clearly not making me happy sure i could i could maybe get my way out of it but i didn't see an option there i was still like you know you're ducking and weaving and trying to figure out this long process of change so when i asked myself like what's the other option it was like either continue living miserably and making these small incremental changes or rip that fucking band-aid off and just jump and just jump and figure it out and that's like i would always tell myself figure it the fuck out like i had very little money When I when I sold my house, a lot of people think I sold my house and made like a bunch of money. I had very little money. I just barely got out of that house, and not because I wasn't making good money. Like when I was working at McNeil Motors, when I was pouring concrete, like I I was earning decent money, not great money, but like I was earning enough money to that I should have been able to save like a massive cushion, make investments, do all these things. But when you're not happy, you tend to like buy shit to fix things and I wasn't like buying clothes or going on tr- trips but I would like eat out all the time I would like you know yeah like whatever yeah maybe I would like buy clothes or just eating out or high quality stuff furniture whatever because like I would get sad I'm like oh I'm gonna go eat out somewhere and all of a sudden it adds up and it adds up and it adds up where now I feel a lot more like fulfilled inside. So I don't rely on those things. Like, you know, my, my little treat is like a $3 coffee yeah. from citizens. Don't need much desire less to be more happy. Yeah. And like once a year I'll go to, um, Plato's closet and get some used clothes like I'll spend 50 bucks and get like seven shirts three pairs of jeans and whatever straight up I bought six six dollar pair of sunglasses from there the other day and they're balling yeah (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it was just one of those things you know I just was sick and tired of being the broken record just making these small changes and so taking that leap of faith was the best thing I ever did and one of the biggest lessons I learned was to listen to that gut feeling that intuition yeah you know so powerful so powerful and so you you bought your van before you sold your
0: house right because i remember going over to your house when you were packing up and you're like i think it was like possession was in a week or two and you're like i'm really doing this like i'm out of my house um and i you had the van like already ready at that point you had done some rentals to it
1: yeah so like that was another thing that i i see a lot of people like on my TikTok too they're like oh you're so lucky that you had the money to like buy a van like oh i just didn't i haven't saved enough money I was scraping by when I did that. I took another leap of faith in buying a nine hundred dollar van with two hundred and twenty thousand kilometers. I don't know who fucking owned that thing. It was a disaster when I bought it. And maybe I'll try to edit this and show you guys the pictures when I first rolled up. But it's so funny when, like, in my mind I could see the vision, but nobody else could. So when I when I had the van, I'm sure a lot of people are (laughs) like, "You fucking idiot!" Like, "You idiot!" Yeah, that's a very small van it's $900. It's a piece of shit. But like I, in my head, I'm like, I'm going to make this thing look cool. And sure enough, I did. Like it was dope. Like for a $900 van. And I I put like, I'm not even sure, maybe like $500 into it, but yeah, I I bought it midwinter. So like minus 50, I just had it in the garage when I still own the house. And I was just building it and trying right. to like get get it right because I was I knew I was going to be listing the house so like I knew it was going to be like a race for time mm, yeah. you know like it was like okay this house might sell now and I, I need a place to live yeah for sure so like I rushed the renos and just quickly got it done um and a lot of people don't know this but like I I have a I have like a uh, a YouTube channel that I started and I, I kind of documented a little bit of it but it was minus 50 in a garage that wasn't heated so I have this old shitty van in a freezing cold garage and you have to use a lot of adhesive, spray foam, and it, you need heat like you need, it needs to be warmed for it to cure and to actually stick and to, the spray foam to work so i have like 12 candles in this van wow yeah dude like i'm talking like just making it work making it work yeah like fuck all these fancy like when you yeah. go on youtube you see some of these people like okay cool but for sure just buy a house your van is three hundred thousand dollars you asshole. Like yeah. most of us are doing this because we don't have a whole lot of money. Yeah. So yeah, I have candles like lit everywhere <laughs> to keep the place warm and to help it everything cure. And I have Reflectix and Reflectix was like a cheap insulation that I have. It's really good for windows and blocking the sun. Not so good for actual insulation, but I had bundles of it in the van. <laughs> and again, I'm a rookie. I don't know what I'm doing. Didn't know it was super flammable. Oh shit. I almost killed myself. I'm not kidding. I, I, I remember this. I legitimately almost set my whole shit on fire. Oh. Like, I, I remember I had like this near death, like gulp, kind of like, <gasps> like I went like this, cause I'm like, oh no, like I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Oh, All the van man. doors were closed. I had like a bundle like this of Reflectix oh, and fix. candles everywhere. <laughs> adhesive sprayed all over it like oh my looking god back, man, i'm like hey man you're dumb oh you're dumb dumb but yeah one of the corners got lit on like it got set on fire and it just went like this and i'm holding it like this and i just i went like this and i quickly opened the door and just like ran out the van wow. and i remember like kind of jumping around like holding my heart being like dude you fucking almost you almost like died in the van on fire like imagine that news article i'm just like melted in the so van how'd you put like, it out um, it just went, it went i I threw... I, like, when I... Before I threw it, I threw it to the corner where there was no candles. And, yeah, it eventually just died out. And, like, I kind of had the door open. And then I was slowly trying to, like, grab the other candles out and just kind of clear the space. But, yeah, it was just, like, this big thing of smoke and fire. But it, it, it went in flames quick. It just went... And then it yeah. kind of, like, yeah. died out. So, yeah, that was the... Do you know what? We'll get
0: right back to this. I was just thinking about this the other day when I was in the kitchen cooking. And I stopped and I just... Stood there with my head slanted and and just thought about this. Why do none of us have fire extinguishers in our house? It seems so it it seems like it should almost be code that you you keep one. But I was like, what if I tip Is it not code? I got this house passed when I built it. I don't I've never had one. You don't have one, eh? I fuck I have one in my van. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Like what if you tip a candle like how would I put out a fire if a little one starts? Like I know there's the old blanket thing, but it's like it seems crucial if you own a property that you should have a fire extinguisher there, but I'm in properties all the time. I never ever see a fire Yeah, that's interesting because in
1: businesses it's it's you have to have yeah, one, I think. It's like, right? like part it's of the like, fire code, I believe. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyways, so you almost started yourself on fire. So were you just watching YouTube videos to to learn how to insulate this
1: and set it up? I was watching YouTube videos, yeah, but um uh, like I said, I found like, that a lot of the YouTube videos that I watched were like just from people that had like a lot of money. So they were using shit that I couldn't use. Like they had the, the fucking garage, like all these nice saws, all the best shit. Yeah. Like, and I just, I was like, okay, like I was watching it to get like a little bit of inspiration and ideas, but for the most part, man, I just got it done. To create a project. I just figured it out. Like I would yeah. just go by, I was like, yeah, this wood looks like I can make it work. Like the shelves that I use. Yeah. Um, I had a bunch of like lumber in my back, just old shitty lumber for whatever reason. I don't even know why it was there, but I was taking out old screws. And old a gold mine now, son. Yeah, hey, <laughs> yeah. But I was taking out old screws using old wood. I had like shitty stain that was like left over from whatever. Sick. Just like hand-me-down shit, yeah. new stuff. And yeah. I, yeah, I I built the van and it just so happened to work out that I think the house sold and I had like... I think it was like a pretty close timing thing. Like the house sold yeah. April 30th. And so I remember the last time I drove off the, the driveway was, was yeah, May, May 1st. And I think I had just kind of got everything done in the nick of time. I yeah. had three or four garage sales back to back. Yeah. I think the last garage sale, I was like, take everything free. Get it off. I of got it. a good deal out of that garage sale. Did you? Your volcano vaporizer for oh, a really? oh. hundred bucks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's what friends do. They take advantage of friends (laughs) that are at their lowest. Dude, it's funny. I remember
0: you offered it to me for two hundred and and that was a smoking deal. It's twenty percent of what they sell for. Yeah, like nine hundred dollars. And I was like, you know what, man, I just I don't need it, I'm not gonna use it. Like, I know that's a good deal, but I'm good. Yeah. And then like two weeks (laughs) went by, you still couldn't sell it. Like, okay man, hundred bucks. I was like, Ah, sure. I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. So it's funny. I, tr- I remember I tried to get a few other people to buy it, but just no one, even for like 500 bucks, 400 bucks, no one would buy it. So yeah, at the end of the day, I just started like just getting rid of shit no matter what. Yeah. I didn't want to storage it or to go to the dump. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just gave it all away. So that must've been a super
0: exhilarating feeling, exhilarating meaning scary and exciting when you lock up your house for the last time and you're like, Oh shit, this van is now my house and
1: you roll away. Do you, know, do you know when I knew it was the right decision? That moment. When I was walking on the driveway. I remember I took a photo and posted it on Instagram. But I, I said, like, this is the last time I'll walk down this driveway. And I remember being, like, I was, like, electric. I'm yeah. Because... Like, Yeah. Part of me just at the end of the whole thing, I'm like, why the fuck am I paying all this for shelter? I don't need it. Like, I feel like a barbarian, like in a good way. Like I just, I just want the thing over my head so I don't get rained on and I I just want to like hang out. Yeah. I don't want to pay these huge bills every month. And so like when I'm walking in the van for the, for the, like to to actually live in it full (laughs) time, I remember just being like super excited. I think I stopped at like a bunch of friends places just being like, Hey man, like what's up? Like I just was like, I I just was excited. So I wanted to like talk to people and hang out. And then the very first night, I didn't really know where to go. I wanted to like just go somewhere safe where I could just chill in the van and do my thing, and Walmart's kind of the go-to. So I, my very first night full-time in the van was at Walmart, Preston Crossing. Yeah. I just parked there, and I remember like taking Layla for walks in the evening, and I, I was just smiling. I remember just being like, fuck, this, this is cool. Yeah, you figure it out as you go, right? Yeah, and I just remember looking at the van and being like, that's mine, paid in cash. Yeah. Like, there's I'm no rich, payments yeah. on that. Yeah, it's like I paid $70 a month insurance, and that's it. It was
0: awesome. And do you know what? The one thing I said that I think holds a lot of people back is they want things, but they're not willing to make the sacrifice to get the things. I think the other thing is the fear of embarrassment, the fear of judgment, the fear of criticism. And I think you really have to get to a point where you're like, okay, like you said, other people might not see this vision, but I see it and it makes sense to me. So that's all that matters. Yeah. And of course people weren't going to understand it's Saskatchewan where it gets to 50 you know, I'm sure you could hear the voices of people saying, Oh, well, Jesse's moving into a van. How's he going to do that? Well, what's he going to do in this situation? Or there's the other thought someone moves into their vehicle because they're fucking broke and yeah. they've lost it all. Yeah. So that holds a lot of people back. You know, a lot of people won't take a job or they won't move into their van or they won't date a certain person because they're scared of the ridicule from their auntie, you know, or from their old friend. Yeah. And that will literally. Stop them from making the decision they need to be on track that they need in life. And you were at a point where you're like, do you know what? Fuck what everybody else thinks because that doesn't matter. That doesn't affect me. And and people don't need to understand it.
1: Yeah. But this is something
0: that I need to do and I believe in that.
1: Yeah. I, I got plenty of looks and I, I heard people saying stuff too. And even when I did the mainstream media, like some of the comments were like, next article is going to be like man and dog dead middle, in a van. And like some like just nasty shit. Like, oh, yeah. oh Saskatoon has another fucking hobo. Exactly, oh, Saskatoon yeah. has another fucking loser mooching off everybody. Like that type of shit. Yeah. So I at, at first it stung a little, but then over time I just was like, it felt freeing to not give a fuck. Yeah. Because again, what's the other option? Do I do I continue working the jobs that I hated, paying for the house I didn't value, driving the truck I didn't care for? For you, for you fuck faces, fuck every one of you was my thought process after a while. Yeah. I was like, all you can get fucked. Yeah. And but not in like a like negative way to the people that love me, but the people that were talking <clears throat> shit, I'm like, yeah, double fuck you. Like I just was like, but it allowed me to like really like live freely and be like, I'm just gonna do this. Like you can say whatever you want to me.
0: And do you know why I think it makes those people uncomfortable and feel the urge to say those things is because probably there's, there's something inside of them that, that never made that jump or never made that leap. And they are maybe doing something that they don't want to. And so it's, it's almost that envy of like, fuck this guy. Yeah. Because they're kind of like. You know what if I would have done this thing or
1: yeah yeah and I've I've experienced it throughout this whole van life journey like I still will get like random messages of people being like man it's so fucking cool what you're doing and and it, just because they say that doesn't mean they want to live that lifestyle but I think a lot of people see that and they're like that looks pretty freeing like there's got to be something enjoyable to not have to like you know pay 1500 a month and and not just that but just the adventurous lifestyle like just living in a van alone is an adventure straight up you know it's like you're in this like metal box parked on the street it's pouring rain or maybe it's really hot out and there's people walking by your van and you're literally just in your house like you kind of feel like naked in some ways you know and sometimes you are but you have to have good blinds yeah for sure. yeah for sure
0: <laughs> it's um and we you know we talk about regret what if we were sitting here right now you're, you know, you're going to be 33 this year and looking back and being like, like, what if you never did make that leap? Like, I wonder where you'd be at mentally now, because I could tell as your best friend when you'd made that, you know, decision three years ago, man, there's this liberated aura around you. Like you could tell you're happier. You could tell you're in control. You could, you could tell that you intuitively knew that you were on the right path, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't know where I, I think about that sometimes. Like where would I be if I were to continue or that? Who would path? you be? Or, yeah. You know? Who would I be? Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like again, since I did that kind of getting my head above water, I've kind of like slowly found my authentic self and found like what the things that make me happy. And it's still, I'm still trial, like a trial and error and I'll, I'll try something and it'll, it'll either fail or I'll realize I don't like to do that. And so I'll abort mission, but the Core of who I am is starting to get really loud, and I'm like, okay, like that's that's the main thing. As long as I have that part, you know, I can still like dabble in other things. But like, who I am is getting stronger, and I feel confident. So now it's like the whole, you know, people talking shit or saying negative things. Like, uh, like I'm on TikTok, and like sometimes a video will blow up. Like my morning routine uh, on TikTok got like 800,000 views. So many negative comments. But like now at this point, like I'm like, oh, like, I don't give a rat's ass. Like I, yeah. I'm I'm very like stable in that sense. But at the beginning, when I first like tasted that venom of how nasty and like mean people can be, I'm no, like, for sure. oh shit, like this hurts. And and you know you look at like the most humble people like George St. Pierre. You go look at a video he
0: posts, I'm gonna be like, oh George is a piece of shit. Yeah. like it means you're doing something right if people yeah. are throwing that shit out. Yeah. And even when we started this, the first one we're like, oh what are people gonna think? And we're even now at the point episode nine where it's like, hey, we are who we are. Yeah, y- you know, we're not going to please everybody, but I-, I think we've lost a lot of that anxiety of like. Oh, we're putting ourselves out there. And especially you have with the TikTok and the dance and all that shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's liberating, man. And and Prince was talking about that too. Like, you know, the guy trains at our gym. He, um, he's he been documenting more. You probably noticed like his reels and his videos yeah. and stuff. And to him, it's like a, a video journal. It's like a, it's like a vlog for him to like kind of look back. Like, oh, that was when I was first trying the dragon squat. Oh, this is me actually doing it. And it's like kind of like you're documenting this journey, but you're also putting yourself out there. And then over time you just stop caring about all that shit. You're just like, this is what I'm putting out. Either you like okay. it or you don't. And there's a decision to be made there. Like I I like,
0: and I, and I admire people who are like, you know what, I don't need to put myself out there. I don't need to Snapchat everything I'm doing. I don't need to put Instagram stories. I'm gonna live my life and I don't need to publicize it. I think that's gangster. I think that's super cool. Yeah. But I also respect the people that are, that are like, you know what, I'm gonna, f- you know, full-heartedly put myself out there. Yeah. And there's something about that too. And. It's just a choice you make like am i out there or am i just kind of keeping it myself you know
1: there's no right or wrong it's just right or wrong for you you just have to find your own little straight up you know and for me with the lifestyle like i just i genuinely wanted to document it because i'm like not many people do it around here and if they do it's on the sneak tip because maybe they're embarrassed yeah or they're like they feel shameful or they just don't give a rat's ass about social media but for me, with the time that I did that, I was kind of like watching Gary Vaynerchuk and stuff and watching social media shit where it was like document over create. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to document this whole journey. Yeah. And who knows, maybe in 10 years, like I'll, I'll buy a house or I'll buy a condo or like I'll, I'll have like a fucking Mercedes Sprinter van or something. But people would have been following me since the $900 van. And then I got a, a $2,000 van. And no, $900 van, $1,800 van. And now I have the $2,000 van. And so it's like they're kind of seeing that journey unfold. Yeah, it's and I think when you put yourself out there, like that, you're put your insecurities out there and
0: your vulnerability out there. That's when people really, you know, relate more to you and can connect with you more. Yeah, it's
1: like the the Eminem thing that you've brought up a few times. I like thinking about that because it's like you know if if you see an Eight Mile at the very end, Eminem, you know, he does the whole mic drop thing, but he he says literally everything that is uh, negative about him. So he lives in a trailer park. He, you know, his mom was like a drug addict or whatever. His dad left, you know, just listing all these things that the rapper was going to say about him to try to roast him, to try to insult Eminem. But Eminem just did it for him. Yeah. And then when it was that guy's turn, he had fuck all to say. Yeah. And so for me doing this lifestyle and sharing it, like, what are you going to say? Like, oh, fucking loser living in a van. I'm like, those three years, like I'm still, it's, it's three years. I don't care anymore. Yeah. That's old news. So I have a question for you. Sure. I was thinking about this. What was,
0: what was harder for you? Making the decision to sell everything and move into a van or the process of living in a van through our Saskatchewan winters and just all the challenges that come with that? Like
1: what's more difficult? Probably, Probably the initial decision to do it. And not even just the decision to do it, the the moment before I actually committed to the idea. Like when I was going back and forth, I remember feeling a lot of emotions where I was like, fuck, like what are people going to think? Like I was still in that stage where I'm like, fuck, I, I, I bought a house. Like I, I did this thing that you're like, that's what everyone wants. They want the house, they want the job, they want the new vehicle. And so like that moment where I was always teeter-tottering back and forth from like, yeah, you're going to do the van life. Oh, but people are going to fucking judge you. And like, what if you regret it? Like, what if you you let go of this house and, and you can't get one again or whatever the thing is? And so like that was the biggest struggle to actually allow my brain to fully commit to the idea. But once I was committed to the idea, everything was easy. I didn't winter, summer, none of it. Like it was all like relatively easy yeah. because I was fully committed to it. It's like a fighter in a fight camp when you're committed to the fight. Fight camps, yeah, it might like, suck and it might be grueling, but you show up, you do it no matter what. You take care of your diet, you fucking train hard, you do all the shit you're supposed to do because that's what you do. You're committed. Yes, exactly. So you're yeah, right. that I think that initial stage, not not of me actually selling the house, but before I actually committed to selling the house.
0: Because you probably had those thoughts come into your head of like, is this crazy? Like, Oh yeah.
1: Am I like, what am I doing here? Oh yeah. But then like, I remember I went to Ryan's house and I was like, I remember kind of saying like, man, I just want to be like this, this guy who lives in his van with long hair and just be like a fucking ninja. And, and, and that was like kind of that, um, uh, like manifestation of the, the image, you know, I wanted the, I needed the image. And I remember, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger talked about this when he was like 14 years old. He was like, I always pictured myself walking down the sidewalk and cracking the concrete because he was so fucking big. The image was there first, and then he chased the image. And so, like, I had this image of being this long haired ninja living in a van, and then I just chased that and went after that. And who knows what's gonna happen after. Man,
0: everything starts with a thought. Like, when Connor McGregor was driving his old hoopty beat up car, he would look at his steering wheel like, This is a Bentley and you know, and I'm the man, and I'm the champion of the world, and I sell out stadiums, the way he walked, the way he talked, he was it before he was it, you know? It's like, that's how I feel. It's like, hey, I'm a millionaire, I'm just waiting on funds, you know? And it's like, you have to like think, you you have to really, I don't think a lot of people, I I should be careful how I say this, I I don't think a lot of us take the time to, you know, to, to just think about who do I wanna be in two years, three years, five years? What do I wanna have? Who do I wanna be around? Like what type of a person am I? What type of virtues and values do I do I have? And I think that is so important because if you plan to be alive in five years, why wouldn't you plan, and it doesn't mean like live this structured, rigid, disciplined lifestyle, but why wouldn't you give thought to who you wanna be yeah. in five years? Yeah, Because that time is gonna come before you know it and you're you're gonna be like, oh shit, So, you know, I always think about that and how
1: important that perspective is and how a lot of people lack that. It's so true, man. And like before my whole vision of this, I didn't have that. I didn't have anything that I was actually going for, like a long-term strategy or a long-term goal in mind or like a a vision to pursue. I was just living one. And they always say like, oh, just live in the moment. But like that can cause chaos. That's the whole discipline equals freedom. You know, like I was maybe disciplined in some things, but I, I wasn't striving to get somewhere. And I was talking to a guy that trains at the gym there. And he was like, oh, like uh, you know, I, I should really go on TikTok. But he said, I don't know what to post. I'm like, you're a white belt right now. Start posting martial art videos. Like, he loves it. You might be a black belt one day. You're going to be really pumped if you have these videos of you as a white belt training. But like, your, your vision is maybe a black belt. Like, that, that's just one thing. Like, it's not, you know, not the whole picture. Like, maybe you want a house or a family. And that's you. That's your own shit. But like, just having the thought of like, I'm going to go for the black belt. And then just put the time in and and document it and make that vision come to
0: reality. Exactly. And that initial fear of embarrassment is what holds a lot of people back. You know, they don't want to put out the video for the first year where they look like they suck. Yeah. You know, I I know a lot of people who want to buy a house, but they don't end up buying a house because they want, you know, the nice $400,000 house for their first house. Mm. They don't want to buy the $200,000 house and be like, "Oh, people might think this is kind of a shitty house." Right. Like, so they just don't do it, but it's like everybody
1: starts somewhere. Everybody fumbles in the beginning. Like, yeah. each failure gets you closer to a a Imag- imagine if we just always listened to like critics and the people that just like kind of said, "Oh, that I don't know if that's a good idea or oh, you shouldn't do that." Or or even if we Allowed the thoughts of the critics, because half the time they're not even thinking that. If you bought a two hundred thousand dollar house, most people aren't being like, "Look at that peasant." Nobody cares, man. <laughs> Nobody we all, we all
0: think everything, you know, revolves around us. But it's like, like even when we had all this insecurity of putting this podcast out people probably see it they're like cool keep swiping yeah nobody like a lot of people don't care right, right.
1: No. yeah we think it's like this huge thing where like <laughs> oh like all of saskatoon's gonna be <laughs> thinking about oh how did ryan and jesse start a podcast and you, you know who thought yeah. about that nobody but us exactly you yeah. know it's like you're always just in your own head exactly and yeah. i remember that one thing sorry one one thing is that i think it was winston churchill that I, I just i really like this and i'll try not to butcher it uh in your 20s you you care a lot about what people think of you in your 30s, you stop caring about what people think of you. In your 40s, you realize nobody was caring about you in the first place.
0: So it's so like, cool.
1: Yeah, it was so cool where it's like the older you get, you're like, oh, like nobody's been paying attention to, to like, they're not watching you the watchful eye being like, Oh, what's Ryan doing today? Or what's this person doing today? And they don't give a fuck. And that's why all the 70 year old
0: dudes at the swimming pool in the
1: change rooms hang out with their leg up and their cock swinging Cause yeah. <laughs> talking about the s- stock market with their dick out, like nothing. And I'm like, Hey man, like, come <laughs> on. There yet That's the <laughs> kind of confidence we all strive <laughs> yeah, to. One day exactly. It's yeah. so
0: funny. Um, but, but again, you know, I think when we, I think that's where a lot of that comfort comes from is when we, we find a purpose, you know, and we have that goal and we, it's a clear vision of who we're who we're trying to become because then everything in life gets a little more simple you know it's like oh should i go out for drinks with acquaintances that aren't even close friends tonight just because it's so-and-so's birthday no that doesn't align with my goal like i got to get up tomorrow and train and then i have appointments and that aligns with my goal so i think your decisions become easier and, and you almost you know when you're on a mission and when you have a goal your life, you have a little more ease around it because everything is, like, you know, mission-based or, you know, you just kind of have a... Um,
1: priorities. Your priorities are aligned. Yeah. You know, yeah. I know you are thinking it's about... like a, a compass. Word, compass. Yeah, there you go. It's a
0: compass to, like, you know, what's important to you. Yeah,
1: and I, and I always go back and forth, and, that, and that's why I think, like, goal-setting is super good, but it's also, I think, a powerful thing to be able to abandon the goal if, if necessary. Sure. Like, you might literally change, and there's always, like, again, I'm not, like, that religious, nor am I an atheist, but it was, like... Um, you should never have a five-year plan because it leaves no room for God's plans. And I, and I like that just because it's like when I think of God, I, maybe like the, the Buddhist religion where um, everybody has God inside of them. And so like your intuition, your gut feeling, that is that higher power telling you where to go. So if you listen to that, let's say you wrote the goal down to, to be a black belt. But then at, at purple belt or whatever, you genuinely just don't like this anymore. And you, you really are called to do this other thing are you going to be stubborn and stick to this and do that? Or are you going to like live your life and fall that intuition? Exactly. And go there? So I think again, super good to have goals. I have them, you know, but it's also, you got to be like wise enough to catch yourself being like, Oh, am I just doing this? Cause I wrote it down five years ago or am Straight I down. actually want this? Yeah.
0: You th- know, there's, there's power in that decision. It's like buying a big book and two chapters in you're like, This isn't what I thought it was. But I have to finish
1: all my books, yeah. so I'm going to
0: spend the next month reading this book.
1: That's how I got into reading. I made I, I made a goal in one year I was going to read twenty books, and and at the beginning I didn't mind it because I was like I was just forcing it. I was like I just need this to be a habit. So like I would pick up a book and I would hate it and I would just plow through it. But I'm like fuck, I hate this book. Now I'm the I I will throw that book in the garbage in two seconds. And yeah. think it's garbage. Straight up, it's you know? important.
0: Yeah, it's important. Like so back to this, back to this van journey. So this is your third van right now that you've you've had? Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll just kind of explain why. Um, so the first van that I bought, that was $900. Again, it was kind of a rushed process. I knew I was wanting to sell my house. So, and I didn't have a whole lot of money. So I I found a van, I bought it. Summer hit and summer told me that it was the wrong van because I didn't have that many window openings. You know, I remember I just had the two side windows that rolled up. That was it. So what I did was I had my back doors opened and so I had to crack a little door open. I would like rope Layla's leash in there and tie it. So I'm literally sleeping in a van on the streets with the back door kind of open and the windows down. And so like, you're pretty like vulnerable. Straight like. Up. And so yeah, like I had moments where people, like I would wake up at 3 a.m. to people tugging on the back door and I'd have to be like, hey, you know, crazy. or Layla would bark first and I would see them just running away. And so like that, you know, and right away is as summer got warmer and warmer, I was like, okay, hey, I, I don't feel comfortable being in here, especially with Layla. So I upgraded and I bought a $1,800 van and didn't have a place to renovate it. So I was in a residential area on the side of the street Again, sometimes you watch these YouTube videos, and they—they're at like some big shop with every tool under the sun. I'm literally stripping my vans out on the grass, just on the sidewalk. People driving by, being like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. he's got these two white vans. There's mattresses in there. Like he's got his dog on a leash. Like you know, it's just a fucking mess. Yeah. But you do what you do. I it had to be done. That was my home. I needed a place to sleep. So I was just. Doing it. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I had to upgrade and then, yeah, I had a bunch of window openings. I lived in that one for, yeah, about like two years. Um, and then just over time, both of those vans were low ceiling. I'm six foot one. So like just, it was, you know, I'm crawling around for the past two years. Anytime I need to do anything, it's crawling. I'll crawl to my kitchen. I'll crawl to the front seat, always hunched over. So I'm like, you know what? It's time to stand up. So I, yeah, bought a, spent $2,000 on a 1977 Chevy camper van. And that's the one I'm currently in. Man, that was a game changer.
0: Being able to stand up in there, like man. And just the way you've designed them, like you have that knack for designing. Cause like, man, I could totally live in that van. Like I've never had, you know, a desire to want to do that. But when I see that just with the way your bookshelves are set up and all the wood and your little kitchen, it's like, it's, so, it's such a cozy little environment, man.
1: It can be pretty homey. Erin was saying she she got out of the van after like a night of staying over, like just to get in her car and leave. And she got out of the van, and then she like she was in there all night. You know, we hang out in the evening, and then she go to bed. We'll spend the morning together. And then she gets out of the van, and she was like, "I forgot I was in a van." Like I kind of for- I thought I was like, "It feels homey." Yeah. So all of a sudden you get out and you look you look to the outside and you're like, "Oh, this is old rusted old van," but it's like yeah. nice inside. It's homey. It's comfortable.
0: So you guys have been together for close to a year, probably. What What was it like?
1: you know, having a girlfriend and with, with the whole family. life? You know, it, it's been fun. It's been fun to like share that lifestyle with someone. Like it, it's been kind of a selfish journey for the past, you know, two years, like where it was just me doing my own thing, yeah. which I really enjoyed that. And I intended to do that. But then, yeah, over time I was like, this, uh, this would be fun to like share it with someone. And so it's, it's been really good. It's, it would be better if we if the world wasn't shut down if we were not in lockdown yeah you know like that kind of limits what we can do like i don't want to i don't want to just drive somewhere with like a nice view because the bathrooms close by might not be working yeah you know and so like you're kind of limited to how far you can go and what you can exactly do like i used to have the leisure pass and that's where i would i would hit the sauna every day and the showers and the bathrooms and now that that was shut down so um had to make a few adjustments but um yeah it's been really cool do you know what's another thing I just thought about now is I think
0: there might've been some criticism in your direction because you have, a, how much does Layla weigh your dog?
1: Like um, hundred pounds? Yeah, actually a hundred pounds.
0: So I think a lot of people initially were like, Oh, well, like poor dog or what are you going to do with the dog? But it's amazing how much more
1: her life has probably improved since you've oh, been in the hundred percent. Yeah. Van, hey? 100%. yeah that, that was the one thing like any dog owner, it's a, it's like a parent. Like imagine being like, Hey, your kid's pretty fat. Or like, hey, your, your dog, you know, that's that's not safe for your dog. You get real sensitive and like, you get like, you know, I'll punch someone in the face if they say the wrong thing about Layla. Yeah. You know, Um. so yeah, when they were saying that, like that was the shit that bothered me more so than me, because now you're like saying something that you know nothing about. Yeah. And so I'd always tell people like, okay, like the van life is bad for Layla, but check this out. When I lived in a house, I worked 12 hour days. So in the morning, I would wake up, I would open the back door and just let her go outside by herself, She'd pee, do her thing, come back inside. I would leave for 12 hours. Then I'd come back. I would open the back door, let her go out again. Then I'd go to training and then I'd come back and then I'd like, you know, maybe hang out a little bit with her right before bed. Yeah, Three times, maybe four micro visits with her. That was her life. And that's what most dogs are going through. Most people work full time. Most people put their dog in a fucking kennel. Most people just put their dog to maybe a a daycare or whatever. But they're not with their number one player. They want to be with the star player, their fucking caregiver. And so now, Layla, like if I added the amount of time that she was with me and outside, people would be like, holy shit, like... That's a, a dream life for a dog. You would walk like 10K a day with her. Like yeah. you're always with her. She's always outside like... 24-7. The only that? time I'm not with her is when I'm in the gym or I'm at a coffee shop doing the podcast. Like these little, these little moments where I'm not with her. Other than that... She, it's like she's just attached to the hip,
0: and you said she likes that almost little space too. It's like she doesn't need a big room; like she w- likes her little bed.
1: That's it. She genuinely, from day one, she's liked vehicles, like whether it's a truck, and, and even Aaron, Aaron will come by, and she'll open her door, and Layla will just jump the fuck in. Yeah. She just, she Layla ran away on me once, and I got a ticket for it, um, big ticket because she's a big dog, and you get charged more for big dogs, mm-hmm. more of a threat maybe. But, um, she ran away and <laughs> I got it. She had tags on and I get a phone call from this lady. She's like, Hey, like, is your dog Layla? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, like I, I got her in my car by the river and I'm like in your car. She's like, yeah, I was, I was with my kids and I, I was leaving. We were walking by the river and I just opened my door and Layla just ran right. Wow. She just jumped into the car. <laughs> so like, yeah, her whole life, she's just had this comfort in vehicles and a lot of dogs feel safe in kennels you know it's like the the bigger the space the more their heads on a swivel they got to oh who's in the backyard who's in the basement what was that noise but in the van it's like this comfy big luxurious candle to her where she can like guard it very easily yeah so yeah i think she's just enjoyed the the lifestyle from day one man one of the coolest things was
0: you know december 2019 i flew to california um to to la i guess the venice beach area and Jesse drove up, you know, he, you had a two week venture. You went through whatever, Montana, Utah, Colorado, all these places, yeah, but Wyoming. it was so cool to, I'm at this crazy big LAX airport and Jesse decided, okay, he's going to pick me up because he beat me there. And, um, you know his his middle his second van you had i think yeah. with the big black bin and the yellow lid on the roof my signature <laughs> you know we're used to seeing that around Saskatoon and it was just so funny being in like busy Los Angeles there's LAX. like Mercedes and Teslas everywhere and this big old rusty white van comes around the corner <laughs> at LAX and picks me up from the airport and it's just cool that you got to like actually you know get a, a good use of that van on that trip because you put some miles on and right when you
1: were getting back, it almost like broke down. Hey? Yeah. Yeah. That trip, I put 7,000 kilometers on that van wow. and two days after getting back, I broke down two minutes outside the city. Holy shit. Like I, I, I wasn't mad at all. I, I was like, thank you, Lord, yeah. whoever the fuck, Yeah, man. It was like legit. Like I was in the middle of Wyoming up in the mountains, pitch black at night, I actually got lost. I went down the wrong way and I I apparently, um, Yellowstone National Park was closed the time that I was going there. So I was like driving to nothing and it was like kind of weird because i'm like why is it so dark like why are there nobody here but i I just drove and drove and drove and finally i'm like i don't i think i'm like i I don't think i'm going the right way and so like i i remember i made an instagram post about it but it was it was scary man i'm in the middle of fucking the mountains in the woods in the winter time and i'm just lost in this old van it could have broken down right there imagine if you just try to turn the key over and it's like click Dude, oh. like bears, wolves, everything under the sun is there. So like it was like yeah, it's just this scary, scary moment to be in that old van. But then yeah, when I got back, it broke down, and then Dwayne Peters came and and told me, told me to the house, and yeah, wow. yeah.
0: Well, kudos to you, man. Three years, like it, one, it's crazy how fast that time goes by, and two, like you know, there's probably people that were like, oh, you know, he'll do it for a year. That'll be you know magnificent, like, but that'll kind of be it, but. So we're at three years now, and you're still content as ever. Like, what? Where's this going?
1: I don't know. You know, a lot of people. That's that's a common question I get on my TikToks. Is like, how long are you gonna live in a van? Because I, I made like a three year van anniversary post on there. Just like, holy shit! Like, it's been three years. Yeah. And People are like, what? What's what? What's next? And it's just one of those things where my focus is martial arts right now, and that's it. Like, I don't I don't have any plans to buy a house or like rent anywhere or do anything right now if anything I would get a bigger place Aaron and I are, are talking about that um she actually messaged someone that has a bus uh yesterday I think <laughs> so if anything we might a bang get bus a, yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> bangbus.com <laughs> um, kids are just gonna google that now what's that <laughs> um so yeah I think if anything we're, we're probably gonna get a bigger space you know, just that just keep upgrading, like people do with their fucking houses. You know, you buy the $200,000 house, then you get the $400,000 house. That's cool, man. You don't have to do what everybody else is doing in this life, you know.
0: You can just do whatever you want to do, and you know, I've known how important martial arts is to you since I've known you. You know, it's been a staple in your life, and that's the biggest, you know, piece of admiration, I guess I could say I have for you about this whole thing is you realize that that's what's important to you, and all of this big, you know, decision-making process to do this, and the lifestyle that you're living, has allowed you to not only, you know, make a living off martial arts, but you just get to put so much energy into training, into teaching. Um, it's just so cool, man. Like I, I love that you didn't have to like tuck that passion of yours down into the closet and spend all of your time doing a job you don't like because I got fucking bills to pay.
1: Yeah yeah and i appreciate you we'll we'll wrap this up but i you know for those that don't know like obviously ryan and i's um you know maybe lifestyles are very similar but very different in some ways like our our goals or whatever i don't even know how to like describe it because we are very similar but very polar opposite in some ways but you've been very supportive the whole time no matter what fucking wild idea i come up with you're like oh shit like okay like you you don't you never like kind of Poo poo the idea. And I think that people need to have those people in your life. Obviously, you want like some, you know, if I were to say, like, oh, I want to like play in the NBA and I haven't been playing basketball, you'd be like, I'm not, I'm not sure if that's for you. But like, you've always just been very supportive and, and there for me and never made me feel dumb about the ideas. That's, I think, the biggest thing. Like, you know, you might have like feedback or like some suggestions or like give your point of view. But I just always appreciated the fact that even though you have these, you know, these financial goals and, and you you live like your cl- clean you never like <laughs> made me feel like a fucking hobo living in a van and yeah. that's kind of what I am <laughs> you know so I just always appreciated having you by my side throughout the journey and I, I felt safe that I could throw these ideas at you without feeling ridiculed or judged yeah
0: you know I always I know where we've talked about from the beginning you know we're on that same wavelength and I was just you know what you're doing, you know, like I trust that, you know what you're doing and it's just, it's cool to see, it's cool to see, (laughs) it's cool to see such a different path, you know, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's awesome. Wrap this up. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we wanted to talk about the three year van life anniversary as he calls it, because that was just last week. And I think next week we were talking about maybe getting into like my real estate journey a little bit. So we might kind of get into that. Um, next week. But yeah.
1: Yeah. I, th- I think, yeah. Getting into the, the nine years of being in real estate and just talking about like business and, and just all the things and experiences that you've had along the way, little tips and tricks that have maybe help you put the, put you on this path and stay so consistent. And yeah, all, all things kind of real estate, business, sales, lessons learned, you know, failures, shit it, like that too. So. Exactly. So yeah. Appreciate you all tuning in and uh, bye for now. Episode nine. We're up.